Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This is gonna be another perfect concert playlist. And it's a special one, everybody. It's pretty good timing too, honestly. I, I didn't know this was happening, but there's a documentary about the Beatles right now that's getting all the buzz. And uh, whoa, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do the top 20 of the Beatles. Yes, that's more than normal. Um, the only time we ever go to 20 usually is if it's a band that had multiple singers and we split it up over the singers. Uh, the rules are you can pick 20 songs, uh, and an encore if you choose, and the encore could be a mixture of songs or whatever, uh, and you can choose any of the solo songs from a band that, so like this one is the Beatles, so therefore you can choose solo songs from any of the four artists. Um, and I'm your host, Michael, and on the other side is Ron. What's up, guys? It's been a while since we've done an episode. We usually do uh, Next Planet Over, which is devoted to sci-fi shows, but it's it's been almost, I, th I think it's been more than a year. When's the last time we even did an episode? I don't want to try and put that math out there. Right yeah, <laughs> it's it's been a rough year for both of us, so we're just trying yeah. to... Um, trying to piece everything back together and, and try to be normal again so i figured this would be a fun one for us uh you were a bigger beatles fan than i was for a long time and then in college uh you brought some uh i don't remember if it was cds or not but we listened to magical mystery tour and sergeant pepper all the time i fell in love with those albums but i always kind of held off from going to the stuff before that because i thought it was too simplistic uh, and repetitive and I was wrong I go back and revisit I was like oh no 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 there's a lot of really good stuff in here and uh, I'm glad I got to revisit it because for a while there I was kind of like I'm just sick of the Beatles I'm one of those contrarians that was like I like the monkeys more than the Beatles but I love the friggin monkeys but the Beatles gotta be different huh <laughs> you always got to be different don't yeah you? I know it's just my it's okay story. man it's okay. yeah that's good that's good all right, so what we're going to do is I'll do half of my list, he'll do half, I'll, and then we'll go back and do the other half, and uh, encores if we have them. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, this is more of a mini-sode, I guess, if you want to say, if we don't go into deep, deep explanation. Um, but I went in chronological order for the most part. Did, is that what Same you here. did? Yep, definitely. Okay. So yeah, sometimes I like to build a set list of how I want to see the concert go. And this one is, it's just, it's its like the Ramones. There's so many songs, the only way for me to do it was to go in order. So, uh, starting off with Can't, Can't Buy Me Love. I think it's a big fun one for everybody just to get bouncing to, you know, get the start, the concert launched. Uh, Hard Days Night, Eight Days a Week, Help. I think it, it's a little more of a mellow song, so it kind of dips down, because there's a lot of energy in that first part of the concert. Um, we Can Work It Out. Eleanor Rigby, Strawberry Fields Forever, Penny Lane, Sgt. Pepper, and Day in the Life. You know, most of my songs are kind of later after the first few albums. Right. All right, See, so go ahead. There were a few I should have picked. <laughs> yeah, well, it was really hard for me to cut this down. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, oh. I always treated Ringo like a joke. Until uh, comic book Eric Larson, the creator of Savage Dragon, uh, pointed out that Ringo's first solo album is basically the last uh, Beatles album because everybody collaborated together and some of the songs were being worked on as they were breaking up. And I listened to it, and I'm telling you right now, his first solo album is jaw-dropping good. I wouldn't doubt that one bit. Now, honestly, Ringo's my favorite. I don't know why. Really? I can't put my finger on it. Maybe he's just kind of 
quirky, but <laughs> just he's always been my favorite. Yeah, it, well, it and as a bass player, it should be Paul, but no. Yeah, well, I, I think of the fact that uh, he was also kind of the more goofy one. I think he was more appealing to kids, especially Caveman. Now, Caveman wasn't a huge hit in theaters, but it's one of those that played on TV all the time, and I still think it's pretty funny. <laughs> I totally forgot about that movie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, introduction uh, I think of uh, Dennis Quaid, honestly, and Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what are your first ten? Okay. So, again, I did this in chronological order. Uh, so, there's no particular like, this is how we would play it on stage. So, I'm just going from 1963 moving through here. So, first song I came up with is I saw her standing there, which is. Awesome. Okay, so who who covered this? It was uh, Tiffany, okay. right? Tiffany, right? Yeah, that's the first time I had heard the song, and then I realized it was a cover, and I heard the original. I, I do still prefer the original, because I don't like that electric drum garbage of the late 80s. I don't either, and I'll, I'll give you this, though, but the, somehow Tiffany managed to pull off, and I, I, I blame. <laughs> I don't know blame, because it's us. You know, it's us. It's our generation that made this so popular, but I did not know that I saw her standing there was a Beatles tune. And this is coming from a guy who loved the Beatles. So how did I not know that? But uh, they, let's say Beatles, I think it topped on the chart at 14. Okay. And Tiffany's was seven. How did that happen? Yeah, I, Tiffany, but, I remember there was that war, and we're never gonna discuss it on this show besides this point right now, that war between Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. <laughs> I just remember being like, non good without, I don't need either one, we're good. <laughs> Well, apparently they collaborate nowadays. So they're good. Oh, really? Well, anyway. Hey, you got to make the bill somewhere, right? <laughs> All right. So I'm getting off, off kilter here. But um, my next one would be Twist and Shout, of course. Oh, man. I want to skip that one. Dang it. What? Yeah, I Beatles, know. Number two on the list, Isley Brothers, who originally covered it. Yeah. 17. Beatles killed it. I love the Isley Brothers. They did a fantastic job in this, and they based their version off of theirs. But Beatles had that little extra grit. Well, that and we're big Ferris Bueller. Another thing from our generation is we know that version because of Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Well, that being said, yeah, it sounds like that. But if you listen to the Isley Brothers version, it's very similar. It's just not as – vocals aren't as edgy. But it was more for their time, you know. That would have been the 60s. So the Isley Brothers was more of a uh, coming out of the 50s kind of sound. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But it had more of a rock beat to it, just like the Beatles were. But somehow the Beatles pulled out a number two charter on that one. So, yeah. Don't even get me started on Salt and Peppa and Mamas and Papas version. <laughs> I didn't know either one existed. Oh my gosh, the Mamas and the Papas, the organ, just, oh. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Moving on. Uh, oh, I wanted to say something about that because uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, there's a movie out. That came out in what ninety, in the nineties, called Backbeat. Oh yes, right. And got some really big names from the nineties, uh, where uh, like, from like Soul Asylum and the After Wings, Sonic Youth, so on and so forth. And I just recently found this movie because of doing this research. I'm like, I have got to watch this movie. Oh really? You didn't? You didn't? You didn't know about no, it? I didn't. I didn't know about it. Wow, because that was something that we watched in our house. I feel like we watched it quite a bit because Mindy really loved it. And uh, it was about the original drummer, Sutcliffe, right? Am I wrong? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, Sutcliffe's do something. Yeah, played by Stephen Dorr. He was the original bassist. Yeah, and that uh, just got re-released by Shout Factory on Blu-ray. I did listen through the soundtrack and it is phenomenal. They did a fantastic job. Um, it's a, what we would say is the uh, if you had to put together a dream band at the time, they did a very fine job putting Good. this one together. But anyway, okay. But, so we have I saw her standing there, and I'm not going to do this through the whole list, guys. But <laughs> uh, I saw her standing there as number one, Twist and Shot number two, rock and roll music from Beatles for Sale. Uh, that was a Chuck Berry hit that I loved. I, the funny is, I didn't know they even did covers until today. I didn't know Twist and Shout was a cover, and I didn't know they ever did that song. I, so I, was, I was on the same boat. On a couple of songs, I, I kind of in the back of my brain felt like I'd heard them before. And it makes sense. As you're starting out, you're going to probably cover some other tunes here right. and there. Uh, but Hard Day's Night would have been next. Where am I at? Is that one, two, three, four, five? Okay. Can't Buy Me Love is six. Help. I've Just Seen a Face Yesterday. Is that I, don't, is that? I don't know I've Just Seen a Face. Huh. There is an awesome, great guitar. It's got kind of a country beat to it. Uh, it's got a great guitar intro. and It's, it's not fancy many minutes, but it's a nice acoustic sound. I love it. I think it's uh, fun. And I mean, I basically said it in the beginning of the episode. Is you're you're a Beatles fan way before I was, and I still, for the most part, except for those two albums, I've only ever heard like their greatest hits. So mine's a little right. mainstream. Uh, if you want to call me a poser, that's fine. I look great posing. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I credit it to my stepfather Fane. Um, he had every Beatles album that he could get his hands on, at least. I don't know uh, about bootlegs or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So. I used to joke around like when we were trying to put this list together. I told you, I'm like, you sure you want to do ten songs? Because every song's like two two minutes long. <laughs> I could put like, four albums on a ninety minute cassette. Uh, but uh, but anyway, um, what was this? See, I had uh, just seen a face yesterday. I mean, how can you not include that one? I didn't. Um, I'm kind of. You did not. I yesterday's not on here. I'm sorry. Oh, oh well, I like some of their older. Um, ballad type stuff too but um Norwegian Wood would be number 10 all right for Rubber Soul all right so uh my next 10 starts off with like I said a big of it a big part of my stuff here is uh later era so uh I Am the Walrus uh, I know people treat that like it's a goofy throwaway song I just really like it um Magical Mystery Tour Lady Madonna god I love that song dun, 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 dun. it's so peppy and fun um, and then I think one of the most awesome songs they've ever done, and it's been proven because it's it's really used in advertising a lot, is Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in the USSR, I think is a really great fun song. Um, and then Obladi Oblada, a bouncy fun track. The first time I had heard it was, I believe it was the original opening theme for that TV show Life Goes On. If you remember that, yes. Um, Get back. Why would I do? <laughs> I got bad breath. Go away. <laughs> uh, Get Back, I think, is a really great wrap-up track for them. Uh, then I'm going to go into two solo tracks. Now, I wrote this before I discovered Ringo's album, and I feel really bad now. Uh, I almost feel like we need to do a whole episode of just solo songs. Um, well, you say, we're going to miss out on a lot of really good songs. It's not, there's no way around it. So. Okay, so maybe we'll come back and do solo tracks as well. But uh, What Is Life is my favorite George Harrison track. Um, and I know I, when I was a kid, I was really, uh, 
I got my mindset on you. But it's really, it's a fun song, but really there's not a lot of depth to it. <laughs> no, how long it took me to realize that that was a Beatles singing that song. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I just remember yeah. the video and I was like, oh, George Harrison, okay. Um, and then Instant Karma by uh, John, I think is my favorite track of his. I know Imagine is the more important one, but Instant Karma I think is really, really good. Uh, and then uh, the final track where they all come back together, and it's a little obvious, but Come Together is the final track. Is it really? <laughs> yes, I know it's obvious. It's an easy one, but I really appreciate it. I, I actually really like the Aerosmith cover of it as well. I would say they did. As far as Beatles go and breaking into the rock scene back in the day, they had a finger on the pulse of what was coming. Yeah. You know, they had lyrics going on, some I mean, some edgy vocals here and there. It there was one song in particular, I can't remember which one it was. I think I've got it on my list, but um Yeah, Helter Skelter is like coined as one of this like the precursor to modern day heavy metal. Yeah, it's it's, it's wild. It's still so wild to me that it's a, that's a Manson song. <laughs> It's not a Manson song. He he was inspired by the song. People get oh, the story next Oh, oh, okay. You know? So I guess I for some reason I thought didn't I thought Charles Manson wrote Helter Skelter. Well, I wow. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I and maybe I'm hearing the other side of what's the wrong story as well. Who knows? But um, as far as I know, and this is what I read, that the actual story is that it was a song that was written and he was inspired by it and went on a murder spree. Oh, good yeah. lord. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna look this up right now to see exactly. who wrote it. Great story. Um, but what you know, what you see through the now looking back on history, especially with uh, certain movies that kind of show the competition between, and nobody ever talks about. It, there's a competition between uh, the Beatles and the Beach Boys. They were always challenging each other to create new sounds. You know, um, the Beatles were fascinated by the harmonies um, that the Beach Boys could come up with, and the Beach Boys were uh, well, more of it was. Um, uh, Brian Wilson was more uh, invested in complicating the sound, make it more elaborate, and they were bouncing off each other and, and giving each other notes of what they thought, or whatever. And it was a, like a friendly challenge to see who come with a really complicated album. But if you look, there's also the Monkees were seeing what was going on that they were a joke. When people found out they didn't play their own instruments, they had to write their own songs, they had to play their own instruments, and you know their last couple albums are really complicated. And then they do that movie Head, which is a parody of themselves, but also a parody a bit of the Beatles. And so the Beatles are really pushing the format further into uh, a denser, more complicated sound. Right. Okay, I'm looking it up. Go ahead and tell me uh, your next 10 while I look up to see who wrote Helter Skelter. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, okay, continuing on the Rubber Soul album, uh, In My Life is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, Eleanor Rigby with those strings. I love the cello. Uh, Good Day Sunshine. You're talking about happy-go-lucky songs. What better song can you have than that? I didn't know they um, sang that. Did someone else cover that? Because I I feel like I know that song better from somebody else. I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know if they, if they wrote it or if there's a cover. I, I couldn't tell you that. I'd have to look that up. But um, I just know I like it. Okay. Helter Skelter um, was not written by Manson. I'm really sorry. That was a Lennon and uh, John co a collaboration. Not a problem. Like I say, it's a common thing that people throw out there. So, um, this just proves, guys, just a quick Google search, and you can actually. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, where was I? Uh, 
Good Day Sunshine, Fool on the Hill. So it seems like it's kind of a slow song, but yeah, it, it's got a very, it's got a tenderness to it that I really like. Um, yeah, that's a really talking good about, one. Right, uh, talking about songs that are fun. I am the Walrus. <laughs> go, go, get you! Come on, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. To be honest, I love this whole freaking album. Yes, <laughs> but you have to chit, you have to pick, right? So, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, of course. Uh, I love with a little help from my friends, especially the lines in there where you know essentially you're getting in trouble with a little help from your friends. But <laughs> we all we know a little bit about that. We anyway. played that at work, by the way, and I keep expecting someone to go. Did he say get high with his friends? <laughs> hey, he met high on life. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's sung by Ringo, so hey, I love it. Uh, a day in the life off of that album too is another one of my favorites. And then we move on to the White Album, While My Jet Guitar Gently Weeps. As a guitarist, I love that song. Have Black you ever Bird. seen Prince's cover at the George Tribute? Or did I send that to you? Yes, I have seen oh that. Oh my and God, is it beautiful. It's fantastic. So I mean, if anyone is going to do that song justice and add more flavor to it, it's going to be Prince. But uh, Blackbird would be another one. And as a guitar player, again, I will learn this song someday <laughs> someday <laughs> uh of course helter skelter's on there motley Crue's cover of that i really like oh right uh, yeah, yeah um and revolution number nine oh, i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> number nine number nine but nine, nine and so here's where we run into a problem when you're doing a set list for the beatles I can't narrow it down. <laughs> so I've got a four-song uh, encore here, uh, if you will, my, but I'm going chronological, so whatever. Uh, Abbey Road's Come Together, of course. You got that one. Yep. Let It Be, Get Back. And then I actually really like Free as a Bird from the Beatles anthology that was... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Song ...released in 95. I really liked it, actually. Yeah, that... that... Some people call that just like a cheap cash-in, but I think what they were trying to do is just give you a lot of the lost stuff or the unfinished yeah. stuff, and it wasn't necessarily... I mean, why wouldn't you want to know about these? I mean, they're one of the most legendary bands of all time, and they have stuff in the vault. Of course, people are going to be interested in it. Yeah, you they, were born in... Am I supposed to put your age out there? What's that? You were born in 77, right? I'm good. Well, were you I born in 77? Yeah, were you born in 77? Yes. Why are we talking over each other? Yes, I was born in 77. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's like trying to get up. Never mind. Anyway, so this song, that's how old that song actually is. It was written in 77, but it was a demo. And it seems like a pretty finished song to me. But, well, no, he said he released it. Yeah, it was released, actually. Huh. No, no, no. Home demo by John. Okay, so anyway, a lot of people don't like it. Like you said, it was like a cash grab. But I, I really loved it. And honestly, releasing these the anthologies, I got to see and hear like we all did. Get to hear the inner workings of what went on in the studio here and there. You know, it's it's great to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I guess that's what that this new documentary is about: is that it's more behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, and most of us know that. The songs that we hear, that's not just, okay, we sit down, we record it, and move on. It's, there's a whole lot more to it than that. And 
multiple takes and multiple headaches and multiple fuming and walking out on people and then coming back with a clear head and it, it just it is what it is but because they go through all the pain without <laughs> we we get to hear the beautiful end product and i love free as a bird because of that but or excuse me the anthology because of that anyway so that is the end of my encore and unfortunately like I said before, we have left out quite a bit. I know we have. Yeah. Well, we should come back and do um, the solo stuff. Okay. You can easily get 20 songs out of, or at least 10, I don't know, out of the okay. solo stuff. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but first, we have one more episode lined up before we do the Beatles solo stuff, and that is going to be, now this would never happen in reality, we know this, but this is all just, we're having fun. So... We're <laughs> these bands are so unlike each other, <laughs> but we have an episode where hey, what if I, I'm looking at this right now and it's just hilarious to me. Huey Lewis, ZZ Top, and Foreigner were in a concert together. We have 20 songs between the three artists. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we had a list of like significant artists from that era that we could actually think of, you know, making a list for. And frankly, these are the three oddballs that really didn't connect to any other kind of band from this era. So we figured, why not just do it one whole thing? Oh my goodness, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we should do the Beach Boys, and I'm sure someone else could, you know, be with the Beach Boys because there's clearly 20 songs we could do with them. But I, I just don't know who to pair the Beach Boys with. Hmm. They've got a, quite a few groups at the time that probably would fit their genre. Yeah, we could like but we I, can do like fifteen Beach Boys, but we could have a special opening act for five or something like that. I don't know. Or you know, I've always wanted to do an Elvis episode. Mm. I, I love Elvis, um, and come up with twenty songs because that that could clearly happen. Maybe have an opening act for him as well. Five, um, Jerry Reed, yes, yes, <laughs> and those two are actually connected because. He hired Jerry Reed, I think, to do uh, some guitar work for him and just kind of kept that sound for a few albums. Yep. But that is yep. it for this episode here. Ron, thank you so much. It's been so long. No problem. It is. This uh, is fun. Yeah. I I listen, doing... I've not listened to the Beatles in so long. Yeah. Well, this is also easier than the sci-fi shows. It's something that yeah. I think the reason why we haven't done an episode forever is because I feel like we've covered nearly everything that I've wanted to discuss and just watching one episode of a show doesn't really give you an idea of what it's about, unless it's truly terrible. <laughs> it's a lot easier to absorb three, four minute long songs over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think this might be something fun for us to do is more in the music uh, area. But, um, so check us out on uh, all your podcast hosts and whatever, Facebook and Twitter under Hit Rewind Podcast. And thank you very much for listening. And Ron, thank you. Ain't no problem anytime. All right, we're out, everybody. <laughs>